listening to the American Variety Network. Your only place for variety on Blog Talk Radio. This is Choo Choo Stew from the Cave Crew Radio, and you're listening to Alex Cardinelli on the American Variety Network. You are listening live to the Aquatic Wetline Radio Show, hosted by a fish keeper for fish keepers. What's swimming in the tank today? What tropical fish are we talking about today? Let's dive into the fish tank and find out. We'll see you right now here on the Aquatic Wetline. Enjoy the show. Hello, tropical fish keepers. Welcome to the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish keeping podcast for the tropical fish keepers here on the return of American Variety Network. I'm your host, Aqua Alex Cardinelli. Tonight we have a very exciting show. I'm going to chat tropical fish with a good friend of mine and somebody that is as passionate about the fish keeping hobby as I am. So this should be a really interesting conversation because on the shows in our past, we love chatting tropical fish. Our guest tonight is going to be a great friend of mine, and he has a lot of amazing fish, such as African cichlids and now discus, and I cannot wait to find out why he got discus. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome tonight's special guest, my friend Donovan Barger. Donovan, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Alex. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. I'm very excited to be back here on the airways. Yeah, I'm excited to be back too, man. It's been kind of quiet out there without any fish shows happening. Yeah, I figured you'd be the first guest that I bring back on my fish shows. Oh, thank you, Alex. That's amazing. I can't wait to talk fish tonight. You're welcome. So I know it's been a long time since we chatted, so how's your fish room doing? I still get it. Uh, after a lot of a lot of uh, time and effort and cash, uh, I'm not where I want to be, but I've actually got my fish room up and going. So I, I'm pr- I'm pretty excited about it. I've got six 40 gallons aquariums. I got four 20 gallon aquariums and two 30 gallon aquariums, and then I have my 200 gallon aquarium set up with my uh, Larger fish over here. Ah, very nice. So what are you keeping for fish now? I'm sorry? What are you keeping for tropical fish now? Uh, man, there's so many to, <laughs> so many to talk about. Uh, I, I've got a lot of Malawi, a lot of Tanganyikan. Uh, I have some from Lake Victoria. Um, I've got two tanks set up in the house, which one of them are is a discus tank. I know, surprise, surprise. <laughs> and then I also have a Tanganyikan tank in the living room. So it's just a mixture of all, pretty much. Nice. I know you love your African cichlids. Oh, yeah. I can't get enough of them, man. I, I like to – I think my big thing with the Africans is you can actually interact with breeding-wise. Uh, you can pull the eggs out of the mouth, put them in tumblers, and 
you watch them grow. I mean, the, the different colors they turn into whenever they get older and grow is it, pretty neat. So, I mean, it, it's all a win-win situation. That's true. I haven't had the opportunity to have African sequins yet, but my personal favorite African is the Frontosia. Oh, I love Frontosia. I actually have six in the 200-gallon. They're probably about five-inch plus right now. And uh, they're trying to mate, but they haven't really succeeded just yet. So That's cool. Are you going to end up getting your Frontosia today? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, setting up a freshwater tank, and I think Frontosians are the front runners. That'll be amazing. I, I can't wait, dude. You really need to get your smashings. Yeah, I, I should. They're 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 like the only freshwater fish besides goldfish that I haven't kept. I don't know about goldfish. I think I'll I'll leave that to the experts. <laughs> yeah, goldfish are too easy for me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really care for all the varieties they have and what they really do to them, so it doesn't really interest me too much. Uh, I know they have that, you know, a lot of that going on with Africans where they'll, where they'll mix them, and I, and, I, and I'm even a victim to it. I have a blue dragon's blood, which a regular dragon's blood is bright red pinkish. This guy is uh, pink and blue, which which is cool, but hybrids are not really look. Or I don't know how to explain it to you. Besides, people in the hobby do not care for hybrids whatsoever. So, yeah, you're 100 percent right about that. I know there's a lot of controversy for the blood parrots and the flower horns. I myself don't really care for the hybrids. I, I don't either. Um, I do. I do. This dragon's blood. I bought it because I thought, oh man, you know, it'd be cool. It has been really neat watching them grow up. I got them at like half an inch. Dikashi and uh, he's grown really nice. He's probably right now four inches or so. I mean, just layer with color. It was it was my stupidity of getting him. But I've also had dragon blood that when I first started, you know, I didn't realize how bad hybrid hybridization is until I actually got into the hobby and realized, oh crap, why do we even have this fish? Like like Romulus, he has the flower horn. And, you know, I I enjoy that fish, but it's probably not something that I'll keep. But I really like to see his videos he sends me every now and then. It's kind of neat. That's true. That's one of the best things about saltwater, in my opinion, is not that many hybrids out there. There are a few, like a Scopus tang hybridized with a yellow tang, but not as many as freshwater. Yeah, right. Saltwater is pretty much... You get what you see kind of thing. There's really no uh, morphation you can really do with them, I, I don't think, anyway. I mean, they're hard, most of them are hard to breed in captivity, and most of them you can't get to breed in captivity. And I mean, there's so much in salt water, so many fish, so many different species. There, there's really no need to do hybridization with salt water, in my opinion. That's true. I wish you would get back into saltwater. You had a killer saltwater tank. Uh, I, I liked it, man, but the upkeep kept getting into my wallet. I'm like, ah, I better not. So I let it go to Ronald. She's liking it. That's good. Yeah, the upkeep for me is getting in my wallet, too, but I actually enjoy the saltwater hobby, to be honest. Well, I mean, it's not bad if that's the only aquarium that you have. I, like I, I've got... 11 aquariums going on, you know, and to add a saltwater aquarium and try to, you, know, you got to put a lot of time in the saltwater. And 
I just don't feel like I have the time for it. Yeah, that's true, especially since you have 11 other tanks. That's very, very true. I actually do miss freshwater a little bit, so I can't wait to set up a another tank for freshwater. Yeah, you know, and when you do that, and if you do go frontosa, you know, that, that would actually be a pretty simple thing that you just change water out once a week. You don't have to do a lot with. You know, they're really slow growers, and you just try to let it do its thing, you know, and, and uh, let them pretty much colonize and everything and let them grow and mate. I mean, there's really not a lot of work to it. Now, now see, I can see from your point of view, you've got a saltwater tank, a, a 150, I think it is, and uh, you, you've got that sucker going. I mean, what, what's a freshwater tank? You just feed them and go on with your days and change the water life to the saltwater. That's very true. A freshwater tank's like a baby compared to saltwater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But some of the freshwater fish are very, very interesting behavior-wise, like Oscars and frontologists with their cichlid humps. That's what I like about the variety in freshwater. Yeah, I mean, frontosa are really cool. You could you could uh, make a frontosa just like an ostrich. You know, an ostrich is like a puppy. I've yeah. seen a few people. I've seen a few people take frontosa, and uh, they where they're able to pet them, they feed them out of their hand. You just got to be really active with them, pretty much, you know. And I, I like the I like the mentality of it because it's kind of cool. It's like a puppy when you walk to the tank. And, and I'm sure you see that with your puffer fish that you just got. I mean, it, it's fresh and salt, you know. That's true. I know with the African cichlids, there's catfish called uh, Cynodontis that actually look after their young. You, you know, I actually have a bunch of Cynodontis catfish myself. I don't put them in the same tank because I really don't think they're old enough to mate yet. But when they get to that point, uh, I'm going to actually take them to the living room and put them in the Tanganyikan Aquarium so they actually have some, like, uh, movement on the sand surface. I, I do have a green basin in there right now, but I don't think it's enough surface movement. That's cool. Sedantis are one of my personal favorite catfish, so if I have a frontoja tank, I can have a couple of sedantis in there. Oh, yeah. They're really cool, mate. It just depends on where you order from. You can get them for ten bucks to eighteen dollars, depending on the size. I like the super small ones because I like to grow them out. But yeah, they're they're fun to grow out. Some of them are fast growers, and some are a little bit slow. But they're really fun to grow out and watch them eat and double in size. Oh yeah. I don't really think. I'll be honest with you. I don't think they get that big. I mean, I'm not an expert, but I've got one that I've had for a long while, and he's maybe three and a half inches. Yeah, some of them are really full growers, but they generally only get six to eight inches, so some of them don't get that big. Yeah, he he must be a dwarf because he's he's small. I know, but they've got wonderful personalities. Oh yeah, they're really neat. I mean, their 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 fins is what gets me when they're really small, and you've got six or seven in an aquarium. It just looks. It, it looks like that first time you see a clownfish in a saltwater aquarium. That's what it reminds me of. It's really cool. That's very true. So I think you're into fancy plecos now. Is that right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've got a green phantom, a royal pleco, a silver pleco, a gold nugget, 
small spot gold nugget and a snowball flake. That's all I have at the moment. But yeah, I enjoy the crap out of the flake goes, man. Nice. I've always been interested in the fancy fleckles, and those are also some fish that I want to get into when I get back into our freshwater tank. I really love the green phantom fleckle, and the royal fleckles are stunning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree with you on that. And see, my royal fleckle, it doesn't have red eyes. It kind of weirds me out a little bit. I'm used to having yeah, the red eyes. The good thing about the fancy pleckles is they get different sizes, so a, a lot of the fancy pleckles are suitable for some of the aquarium sizes that are common, like 55-gallon or 75-gallon, uh, compared to a common pleco that gets about 18 inches. Oh, right, right. This is pretty cool. You know, even, I mean, I think I still think a bristlenose pleco is a fancy pleco in my mind. I, I think those are really good for 20 gallons and up, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's true. I also like the albino bushy-nosed pickles. They're pretty cool, too. Oh, those are pretty neat. I, I like albino. I like albino. I don't know why. I just, they're just a freak of nature, but they're pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. I'm just thinking, I don't think there's any albino fish in salt water. That's the only thing that's missing. You know what, Alex? I, I've, never, I've never heard of an albino saltwater fish, to be honest with you. Yeah, so that must that must be a freshwater exclusive. You know what? That will uh we'll have to look that up on Google later. Yeah, I think that's true. If there was a albino fish it'd probably be like a thousand dollars or more in saltwater. Yeah. <laughs> you can albino tuna, man, we Chinese go nuts. I know. They they actually have albino pacus and arowanas now. Yeah, I like the arowanas. Those are neat. I know. I saw one the other day, and I was like, wow. Back in the 90s growing up, all they had was albino Oscars and albino channel cats and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> I feel old now. <laughs> yeah, you feel old, man. I just read a post on Facebook the other day. It says, just think in, uh, what is this, in four years, 1990. Will be thirty years ago. <laughs> wow, I know. I was born three years after nineteen ninety, so I'll be twenty-seven. <laughs> oh, man, I was born in eighty-eight. Ah, oh, nice. So you're pretty young too. Yeah. So how's your yeah, YouTube you. channel doing here for the fins? Ah, uh, man, it's doing good. I've been really super busy lately with uh, family and stuff like that. So I've just kind of put short videos up of how the fish are doing and stuff. I haven't really thrown any uh, videos up for, like, educational purpose. I just kind of show the fish off, show what I've got going on. If anybody has any questions, I'll answer them, things like that. Uh, I, I, know, uh, I know tank talk or uh, do-it-yourself kind of, you know, DIY king. I'm not that. Or Rachel, Larry. I'm not that kind of guy. I just want to show my fish off, man. I, I like the hobby. I, I'd like everybody else to check out the hobby. You know, I, I don't want any. I don't want the hobby to go unnoticed, per se, to the uh, new fish beginner. I, I want it all to pretty much be interesting to the hobbyists and in, in the beginner, in the beginners kind of deal. I, I'm really not into uh, 
wanted to tell people how bad their tank looks and stuff like that. You know, I just want people to learn, but I, I haven't really had too much learning going on lately. That's true. You've got a wonderful YouTube channel, by the way. I'm a big fan of your YouTube channel. I think I've, I'm one of your first subscribers. Thank you, Alex. I'm pretty sure you were, man, to be honest with you. You're welcome. You've got some uh, awesome videos, and I know you support my my podcast and my YouTube channel, so I want to say thank you very much for that as well. Uh, you're welcome, Alex. Alex, thank you, man. I just try to do what's best for the hobby, man. Plus, you're a good guy. You know, I finally got back in touch with uh, Hannah Pro Distance. And uh, he, he finally calmed himself down, I guess, and I guess everybody's happy, and we're all trying to be friends again. Yeah, that's the good thing. All us fish keepers got to stick together and uh, support the hobby, so that's a very good point. Right. There's no need for controversy. We're all just keeping little animals with fins on them, man, that's all. Yeah, that's true. I just thought that controversy created catch. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess um, it don't work that way anymore. <laughs> no. No. I'm only joking. I know. That's good stuff, man. You know, your YouTube channel is going pretty good. I like your uh, new camera quality you got going on. Oh, thank you. That's actually my cell phone camera that I'm using. Man, that's what I use. <laughs> I know. I just got to figure out a way to get my audio better on it. My voice doesn't sound really good on that camera. I don't know what it is, but it sounds like I'm talking through a, what do you call that, a pillow. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. Have, you, uh, have you looked into, well, what kind of phone do you have? I have a, a LG K7. Right on, right on. Okay, I got a Samsung Galaxy seven edge or whatever and that's probably the best camera audio system I've ever dealt with. That's better than the camera that I bought for like six hundred bucks. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, my camera quality's good. I think I'll just uh use the camera and I'll probably record something MP three file and just upload that for audio. Yeah, a little more work but at least people can hear you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Good stuff, so, I know, what, I know, go ahead, go ahead. You can go ahead and finish, I'll ask my next question after you finish. Okay, uh, I was just going to say, I know uh, we got a lot of video editing apps, and I know I've, I've got one, I just can't remember what it's called. I, like I said, I haven't used that camera in so long because I have my phone now. Uh, it works out pretty good, you can take video and then uh, exit out of the sound of the video kind of deal, and then you can talk behind it and add some music, and it works out pretty good. Oh, nice. I know there's one that I use called Movie Maker. That's that's where I combine all my educational videos. Yeah, yeah. I like the Movie Maker. It works out pretty good. That's true. So my next question for you is the one that I've been dying to hear an answer for, and that is what made you get into discus? Well, okay. So since I started listening to you, and then uh, you started talking about Hand of Pro Discus, and so I started listening to his stuff, and, uh, you know, I was really curious about this, because I always looked at him and thought, man, it's just a flat fish, what's so exciting about him? Well, I figured out that, you know, when they breathe, they're fit to fry 
Ivy off of them and stuff like that, and just really, just really significant. There's more than just one color disc. It's kind of like Africans, I guess you could say. And they're, there's actually, they actually are not as docile as I thought they were. Anyway, what got me into them was listening to your guys' show. Ah, that's very, very nice to hear. Discus are actually one of my favorite freshwater fish of all time, and I think they're the king of the uh, freshwater aquarium. And they're actually not very hard to keep. I know a lot of people say, oh, discus are difficult to keep, but the uh, stinker ones are very, very hardy from discus hans, and they're actually bred in tap water. Man. Oh, man. You know, I, I think you can say they're hard to keep, but that kind of throws out what what uh, what level are you at on fish keeping? Is my question. You know what I mean? Because if you if you've been fish keeping for a long while and you know to do water changes, you know what to feed the fish. I mean, you know what to look for if there's any infections or anything. Then there that's the easiest fish I've ever kept. Now you get, you get a beginner you get a beginner in the situation. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, they're going to be hard to keep because they're probably going to die on you. They're just as hardy as that. I, I can promise you that. I know that because I do the same water changes with those fish. And don't get me wrong, I do every two days to three days, I do a water change on that aquarium. And it takes me 10 minutes to do that. But for anybody else to do that, it's not as easy. So, yeah, it's going to be a little harder for pe- people that don't know what they're doing to keep this. Nice. Your discus are very gorgeous, by the way. They're actually in our slideshow here on Block Talk Radio. Awesome, dude. That's that's awesome. Thank you. I got some uh, from John Nicholson down in, uh, oh, man, I can't even think of the name of the town. But anyway, I got a south here in Texas. I went down there. Uh, I got I went to the auction, and I, and I picked some up, and he got with me after the auction and said, hey, man. You want to come down here and uh, check out my, my fish room, and I'll just give us some distance. I said, cool, man. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll come down there. Let me let me figure out a weekend. So I think a week or two after that, I went down there and bought some distance from them, and they threw in a few free ones for me, uh, gave me some food for, for the distance. And I kind of went from there to not knowing what the hell to feed them, to knowing what to feed them, what tends to be at, what they need to have going on. and I mean, it, it kind of escalated from there. Nice. So we actually bought them from a breeder. Is he a discus breeder? Yeah, he has. Yeah. It's, did you watch the YouTube video that I put up? That I, I yeah, went I did. It was a very, very good video. A very good fish room tour. Yeah, that was that was his fish room. Nice. That's pretty cool. I, I, I enjoyed going down there and talking to him and, uh, Page, the guy that was there as well, he actually, I think his partial owner to Texas Aquatics down in Richland Hills, and which they sell they sell discus. He gets it, that's why he was there. He was getting discus from John to sell at his store, and uh, yeah, I got to talk to him and he got to speak a little bit, which was pretty cool. So I had a lot of fun that day. Nice, yeah. It's it's probably the best option to buy discus from readers or from a reputable supplier. I really don't recommend buying discus from your local fish store unless they get them from Hans or someone that is uh, 
experience with discus because generally a lot of the discus that come from wholesalers are usually stunted or filled with hormones. And I like the discus from the, the breeders that breed them. They're very nice looking. I agree with you on that. Now, I will say, whoever's listening to this here in Texas, I would buy your uh, discus from Texas Aquatics because they come from John, which John's fish came from Hans, and uh, it kind of went downhill from there. So I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty excited with that. So I, I'm pretty sure my fry that I have are uh, discus on fish that he had that he had bought from this from Hans. <laughs> Very nice, and one of the best things about buying from a discus breeder is you're actually supporting a fellow hobbyist, and that's, and that's what we want to do in this fish-keeping hobby. Right, man. You know those big chain stores? I do not like buying from them. I will buy supplies because not every Joe Smo is going to have sand or going to have food. I mean, you can find food, but sometimes you need it real quick in a hurry, and it's right there. So... I, mainly, I buy my food from North Penn, and yes, I buy Omega One bloodworms for my discus, and Omega One uh, beef heart and uh, mysis shrimp for my tangs and stuff like that. But I like to support the little guy because you know the little guy is who's going to make it. That's who's going to make he's going to make this world right. And you know what the customer per se hobbyists want. They don't want to just put out, hey, we're going to put API food out or chemicals out. No, we're, we're not going to do that. We're going to show you. They're going to show us how to do it correctly and do it the right way and not just medicate the whole tank and then hurt the other fish while trying to treat one fish. I mean, I mean, it's it's ridiculous that we, we do not support these local hobbyists as much as we should. That's very, very true. I I agree 100% with you on that. So do you have any other fish with your discus? Do they have any tank mates? Uh, they did. They had some flatties, but uh, the flatties got a little bit too aggressive. So I actually removed them two nights ago and put them in their own 10-gallon aquarium, and they're still breeding and still putting out babies. Um, and I also ha- I had 10 blue neon tetras in there. Now I'm down to two. I don't know if the disc just got hungry or what happened, but I have two. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, they probably ate the other eight. <laughs> I'm sure they did. I'll tell you what, said, funny, oh, though. Free snack. Yeah, that's what happened. Me and, my, me and the wife were sitting there, and we're like, oh, look, the platy had a baby, and we are like, oh, that's cute. We got to look, and here comes the disc swoops down out of nowhere. Well, of course, he wasn't nowhere. He's in the tank, but he came out of nowhere and just grabbed that freaking flatty up, and I'm like, oh, he was cute. <laughs> That's funny. You could add some uh, larger rummy-nosed tetras and Congo tetras and some corridors for your discus. I think those will be some beautiful fish. That, I mean, that, they would look amazing, but right now I'm just trying to see if they'll breathe. So I'm kind of wanting to keep the stress level down and let them kind of enjoy themselves and see if they will even attempt to breathe because I really would like to see that action actually happen, you know. Nice. I'd love to see you breed this because I know that there's been a lot of people that have attempted to breed them but haven't yet. I'd be really, really happy if you were somebody that bred this 
I'm trying, man. Slowly but surely. I think you can. You've got some good quality discus. Well, thank you. I- I'm trying, man. I- I'm going to take everything out of the tank, and uh, I'm going to go to Ken's Fish. See, Ken's Fish is another one of those small uh, small kind of guys. You know, he just sells products pretty much, and I can get the discus breeding cone from him, and I can get some uh, medication from him, things like that. They're pretty much homemade, so it's, it's kind of cool. Like like I said, I'm going to support him and his uh, venture in selling everything for the hobbyists. So. Very nice. Yeah, I know Ken's Fish. He's got a lot of uh, wonderful stuff. I recommend all of our listeners to check him out. He's definitely a wonderful business. And nobody take anything that we say personal because nobody is on this show whatsoever being sponsored by any of these people we're talking about. That's a very good point. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I'm sure someone would have asked me, are you sponsored or are you endorsing Ken's Fish now? <laughs> no. We're just trying to help a little guy, man. Yeah, that's true. I know a, a lot of people support us, so I'm glad that we were able to support the little guys too. Yeah, and you know, it's all word of mouth, too. You're not going to get beyond PetSmart, Petco, wherever the hell they are. You know, you're not going to get advertisement from these people besides word of mouth and how great the product is or how great their service is. It's usually a smaller business, you're going to have great customer service. The bigger chain stores, you're going you're gonna to go through three different automated messages before you get to one person. Now one person is going to send you to another person. And then when you get to that person, they're not, not going to know what to tell you. Or, sorry, they're not going to know what to tell you. That's okay. <laughs> I swear all the time, so no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts about Live Aquaria? Have you ever checked them out? Live Aquaria? I, you know, I have checked them out. I've never bought from them, per se, because I've never really had anything on there that I was interested in. That's true. I bought from their diver's den, which is their uh, saltwater section, where they take fish from the ocean and sell them. I've had good luck with their diver's den, which is pretty interesting. That's cool. That's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, now, I don't mean to start a controversy with you or anything, but what, what's your thoughts on that, man? They're just taking fish from the ocean and selling them. I mean, have you really thought about that whole situation like I have with Africans? Because you know, the wild caught Africans, people are paying good money for her, and they've got, of course, everything from the ocean is wild caught because you pull it out of the ocean. But my question is, what's your thoughts on that, like, in the future? What's going to happen with the population? That's actually a very, very good good question. I know that 95% of the saltwater hobby is, is all wild caught, and I'm hoping that, um, in the future, there'll be more captive bred specimens. I know last year yellow tangs are actually uh, being captive bred now. I know last year they had their first uh, tank raised and tank bred yellow tangs, which is interesting. But almost all of the fish in the saltwater hobby are pulled from the oceans, and they do it in controversial fashion. What they actually do is they either um, put some of the fish to sleep with a tranquilizer, and they'll let them out that way. And that's 
probably the uh, most common method of catching fish. They catch fish like tangs, triggers, puffers, angelfish, and butterfly fish that way. There's also a way where they um, use a spear gun and they spear fish like gobies, mandarines, dragonettes, and things of that nature, and that seems to be really controversial. That's why some of the mandarines come in with uh, split fins and stuff, and that's why they're hard to keep alive in captivity, let alone the fact that they need to eat live copods in the home aquarium. So these fish are pulled from the oceans. They're already under a lot of stress by the time they make it to the shore because they're asleep and they don't know where they are. And then they get shipped to a wholesale factory where they supposedly get quarantined. And they're shipped from there to a larger United States wholesaler where they get quarantined again. And then they get shipped to your pet store or your local fish store. And a lot of the fish usually die during transportation because of all the stress that they're in. And that's the reason why some saltwater fish are very expensive. Uh, it's because of the shipping and the fatality rates that go along with these saltwater fish. And it really is sad sometimes. But I have to give a lot of respect to Live Aquaria and the Diver's Den because they don't use any of those two controversial methods. They actually send divers out to go handpick a fish, and they'll bring that fish to their quarantine faculty where they spend a couple of weeks in quarantine to up to a month in quarantine, and they make sure that the fish is eating. And then, and only then, they put the fish on sale at uh, the Diver's Den. They also have corals and inverts and things like that. So if you were looking to buy a wild-caught fish, I definitely recommend the Diver's Den because, like I said, they actually go out and handpick a fish. And that's why there's only certain species available on the Diver's Den. You won't find your common stuff because they generally don't like to handpick clownfish and stuff like that. You'll find the rarer clowns and things that are um, kind of rare in the saltwater hobby. I've seen black long-nosed tangs, hybrid scopus tangs, um, clown tangs, and things of that nature. But they do also have uh, captive bred stuff in the divers. Then you could find lightning maroon clowns and stuff. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it, it answers my question. I was just kind of just kind of curious what your thoughts were on that. Well, now because I mean, on my end with Africans, you know, they're they're in lakes, man. Uh, it's not like the ocean. There's only so much and so many fish in a lake. In the ocean, man, you, you've got thousands and thousands of fish. Of course, you've got thousands and thousands of aquariums, too. Then you've also got the, the commercial aquariums that take way more fish than an average aquarium does. And that's like our stores for Africans. You know, they get in wild-caught Africans. And, and I don't know if you know anything about this, but like, once they have fry, the wild caught, they're called F1s. And F1s are uh, just, you got the F1s, and once they have fry, they're called F2s. And beyond that, they're just tank-raised aquarium fish. Now, now I, I think it's kind of messed up, because me and Buddy were talking about this earlier today. They go out, and they, and, you know, it's not even, I wouldn't say it's anybody's fault, but you got these people over there, 
that are probably poor as can be trying to make a dollar, and they're out there getting the probably the most prized fish for, for us, per se, and they're only getting five or six bucks for the fish. And by the time it gets over here and off the stress, like you talked about, I don't think they trade a lot of the fish from Africa to the United States. But we're talking, you get the fish over here, by the time it gets over here, it's a $100 fish, per se. It's wild caught. So, yeah, people are, are going to get it. People are going to pay for it. But what people don't understand is if you keep buying wild caught fish, you're not going to have any left before it's all over with. They can't reproduce fast enough. If we keep taking the fish, and really, I, I got to think about that today, and that, that's rough, man. That's really rough on the hobby. You're only going to have what we have in the United States before it's all over with. And, uh, you know, I know that, like, in Britain and Australia and stuff like that, they do keep fish because I've seen all the fish sites all the time. Now, that's, it's not only us taking the fish. And, and I don't know about saltwater, but I'm sure there's saltwater all over the world, to be honest with you. I don't think it's right for us to do that to the hobby whatsoever. And saltwater is kind of a, I really don't know what to think about that because there's so much saltwater and so many fish in the ocean. It's kind of hard for me to rectify and justify the situation with not not buying the fish because they're so readily available. But on the African side, I think personally that this, this, that crap needs to stop before it's going to get worse, man. Now, I agree now, 100% with you on that. Here's the thing with Africans, man. Yeah, cool, you've got your wild caught. they got to start somewhere, right? I didn't just get all these fish in here from the United States American African cichlid. They came from a wild caught fish and bred from there. I understand that. But we don't have to keep buying wild caught all the time and then reduce our population. So what are we going to do in 2050? What, what's going to happen to the, the aquarium hobby, you know? Yeah, you got a great point there. I know in uh, the Amazon, they, they actually uh, collect some wild fish as well. One good example is the Cardinal Tetra. I know that they uh, sell them for like 75 cents for every Cardinal Tetra they, they catch, or even 25 cents, I think it is. And some angelfish are caught wild, discus are caught wild, and things of that nature. Wild-caught fish are kind of nice, but I think they belong in the wild. Yeah, and, you know, once you start breeding them, there's no need to go get the same set of fish that you bred from and go get a new set of fish that are wild-caught whenever you already got these wild-caught fish. What's the point in it? To rectify and justify that you have wild-caught fish? I think I don't see any justification in that. That's very true. Another controversial topic in the fish hobby is keeping monster fish in small tanks like Pacus, Oscars, and Arowanas, Sirius and Sharks, and things of that nature. What's your thoughts on that? I think, personally, man, that right there is just a lack of knowledge in beginner's situation. Because we all know, as fish keepers, we would not do that. That guy that's got the Oscar, the twenty gallon tank, they're just they're just uneducated, man. I, I personally I don't really get mad at the people because I I've watched Facebook. That's another thing that makes me mad at them. You get on Facebook and they put you down for what you do. You know, if you could just be a little helpful, that would be great. Don't go don't be bashing the guy. The guy has a Oscar, a twenty gallon tank and he's only maybe two inches. All right, help the guy out and say, hey, man, you're going to need to upgrade that tank eventually. 
not, oh, that's, that's crap. You can't do that. You're just a fish killer, whatever it might be. Man, I, I just think it, that situation is pretty much uneducation. Une- I mean, nobody's educated, so they don't know. That's very true. And I'd like to tell all of the beginner hobbyists out there to do your research. And I, I think all these people that buy monster fish for their aquarium aren't doing their research. And it's one of the most important parts of the aquarium hobby is research. And they have smartphones and computers now, and you have Google. So you should be able to research uh, a proper tank set up for large fish and stuff. I also agree with you on the negativity on Facebook. I see a lot of experienced fish keepers putting down the beginning hobbyist, and that does nothing but make the beginner hobbyist want to leave the fish keeping hobby. And like you said earlier, we want to support all the fish keepers. Right, right. I'm not downing on those people that, you know, have those huge fish and small aquariums. Because like you said, you and I said they don't know. They do have, everything's readily available anymore. You can get on your phone. Look up Oscar. It tells you everything about an Oscar, what it eats, where it lives, where it comes from, what size tank it needs to be in, what what the temperature is. I mean, you, everything's readily available. Now, again, most people, when they go buy a fish, they don't think. They, that's the problem, is they don't think about what they're going to do with that fish when it gets bigger. They don't think that fish is going to get any bigger because they don't know. They don't research like you were just talking about. If they would just research, man... We wouldn't have this problem, but hey, nobody's perfect. You know, it could have been somebody's aunt's fish, and they gave it to some kid, and hell, the kid didn't even know. You know, it just—it's one of those things. You can't really justify getting mad at somebody for doing that if they don't really know what the heck they're doing. That's very true. Very, very uh, good point. So, what is your dream fish tank? What would you have in your dream fish tank? I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I've been really contemplating an arowana. I don't know why. I've got this 200-gallon, 8-foot-long aquarium, and I've been thinking about an arowana for a while now. Nice. That big 200-gallon would be perfect for an arowana. You could also have freshwater stingrays and silver dollars and uh, cichlids in it. That would be an awesome tank. Oh, man, you know, I wanted a stingray so bad. Okay, you know what? Screw the arowana. Let's talk about stingrays. I was, sure. I've, been stingray, I've been on a stingray site for a while. You know, I was getting pumped up. I saved up the money. I was going to buy the stingray. I emailed the guy. He said, uh, I asked him how much the shipping would be and so on. He gets back with me the next day and says, man, I'm sorry, but I can't send you this stingray. I said, I said, I have the money. Why can't you send it to me? Because they're not legal in Texas. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, man. I was pretty devastated. I, I, I was oh, like, all right. Man. I got rid of all my African cichlids out of this 200 gallon. I sold everything I had, cichlid rocks, everything. And I was getting ready to buy this freaking stingray. And they come back and tell me that they're not legal in Texas. Oh, man, that sucks. Freshwater stingrays are, are pretty cool. I had uh, a couple of them in my freshwater days. They are amazing. What, what did you ever do with them, Alex? I uh, I grew them out, and then I ended up giving them back to the fish store 
And I think they put them in a, a 300-gallon display tank before they fold them. Right on, right on. Man, I, want, I just want a stingray so bad. I found out that I can get a saltwater stingray for 100 bucks, But if they get so big, I, I wouldn't be able to house them. Yeah, that's the thing with the saltwater rays. They get they get massive. There isn't a saltwater ray that stays under 12 inches, I don't think. I know there's, uh-huh. there's a few in freshwater that stay under two feet. Yeah, definitely. That's what I was going for. And, well, I got shot down. <laughs> that's true. However, it, it's weird in the saltwater hobby how the stingrays get huge, but there are some species of sharks that sting under two feet as well. So if I wanted one, I could get a shark for my tank, but I don't know. I'm not a fan of sharks. I don't know, man. You know, the sharks they have, they're pretty cool, dude. Like, they're not they're not like great lice or anything, but, I, I mean, they, they, they're still pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, they're more like catfish, like the banded yeah, cat yeah. sharks. They're pretty cool. Yeah, like cat, catfish or flaco per se, kind of sharks. Not, not that they eat algae, but you know. <laughs> I think they're uh, they're meat eaters, I believe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, you ever watch the show Tank? Yeah, I, I love that show. Yeah, that they, they have some really cool stuff. I, I always watch the sharks. And they put them in there, and, and I was, I always thought about, man, that'd be really cool to hatch a shark from an egg, you know. And then I got to thinking, man, you know, I probably messed that up somehow. <laughs> so I never really messed with it. Yeah, that's true. I actually have a lot of the fish that's on tanked. I, I have an emperor angel. I see them a lot on tanked. I have a fox. I have a couple fox faces. They're they're usually on uh on tanked, and I I, I have a naso tank that's usually on tanked as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I came from a, uh, I guess, a 20-gallon to that, man, real quick. And I'll tell you what, you, you've got some stuff happening, dude. Your tank looks amazing. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It's, it, it's become like my wife now because I put a lot of money into it. Yeah, you, you put a lot of money and time into it, I can tell. That's true. If the wife doesn't back talk me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. I know, I know. I have it's seen some uh, freshwater tanks on tanked. I know he did an African cichlid tank and a couple other ones that were pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I've seen, uh, I think my favorite tank that they did was, uh, what? Oh man! Oh man! I can't think of the name of this. Oh. Archer fish. Yeah, archer fish. They're pretty cool. That was my favorite. That was my favorite episode. I've never seen a fish do that before. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they're amazing. They can actually spit out water at insects and stuff. I, I actually like archer fish. They're kind of brackish water though, but I could probably acclimate them to salt water. Probably, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's a, that's another thing. I try to I try to play around with the, the freshwater puffin fish, and I, you know, I know Jeremy Stillhorn has the, the freshwater puffin fish, but you know, they gotta have a little bit of salt in their water. Um, I I couldn't keep them coming in a lot for for the life of me, man. 
Yeah, there are, there are a few species of uh, puffers that can live in full fresh water, like the Fajaca and the MBU and stuff like that. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jeremy's got it down pat, man. Yeah, he loves his puffers. They look amazing. Did you see this new aquarium he's got up? Yeah, he's uh, he's done a great job with that uh, one ten. It looks stunning. Yeah, I think I think I'm not a fan of the blue rocks, but. I think his son is. I think his son loves the blue rocks. Which it, it, it came out looking really good. I, I enjoyed it. I did too. He, he's got a beautiful aquarium now. It's, I keep I keep bugging him about getting some discus, and he's like, "Oh, in time, in time." <laughs> yeah, I think he'll eventually be discus too. I know he wants an Oscar and a Severum and a a chocolate cichlid too. So I see him uh, getting a big fish room in the future. That'd be cool. That'd be really neat. I know. So do you have any plans on keeping Oscars or large South American cichlids? No. Uh, I mean, the only thing close to anything like that would be an arowana. I mean, honestly. Arowanas are one of my favorite uh, freshwater monsters. Arowanas are? Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah. I wish we could get the uh, the red arowana in the United States. Oh, yeah, the Asian arowana. Those are stunning. Those are gorgeous. You know, I don't understand why they won't let us have them over here. I, I haven't figured that out. I know. If we can have silver arowanas, black arrows, and jardinis, we should be able to have Asians. Yeah, I Unless they're afraid that, you know, the population will go down or something over there. I'm not sure. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of silly that we can't have uh, Asian arrows, and it's 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 kind of a shame thinking about it. Yeah, big time. <laughs> <laughs> I just shared a post on Facebook the other day. Um, I was actually on YouTube when I saw this video, and it said, Grandmother Cooks $3,000 pet fish, and it happened to be an Asian arowana. I was like, how can you cook an Asian arowana? It's a rare, well, exotic did, fish. Did you read the article on it, though? It said that she says that she thought it was putting a hurting on her electric bill or the utilities, and so she said she'd just rather eat it. <laughs> I, would have, I would have been really upset at her, at her if that was my fish. Oh, I would have been mad, dude. <laughs> I would have been serious. I probably would have cooked grandma for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like she was a cheapskate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's good stuff. So when do you plan on getting your freshwater aquarium? Um, I'm planning for uh, August or September, so definitely in the next two months. Cool. Well, that's exciting. Man, this year's almost over, man. I know it. It flew by this year. Yeah, you know, I don't know where it went. To be honest with you, I'm not sure what I've been doing besides building a fish room and things. I don't really know what what happened. I know. I can't believe in four months it'll be a year that I've been in saltwater already. Holy crap! Really? Yeah, I started in October of last year. Holy smokes, dude! Yeah, I know. Time flies by. Oh, that ain't no job. I remember when you first just got here, Clarion, dude. I know. 
I think it's the first time since uh, I think it's the first time since October of last year that I have you on my show. Yeah, it might be, man. To be honest with you, I haven't, I haven't been on Brady Network in a long time. I'm very glad to have you here tonight. It's, it's really, really fun. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm having a blast, man. I was talking to, talking to a friend earlier today. I was like, you know, I haven't been on the radio in a while. I haven't really talked fish in a long time, so I, I figured this would be a good chance to have fun with it. I agree. I think you're one of the few people that I actually uh, have good chemistry with, and we, we talk really well about fish. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we have some of the same views and some of the same interests, man. You know, I mean, of course, when we started, when I started talking with you, we didn't have any of the same fish to be honest with you. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we kind of we made a friendship from there. So. That's true. You actually have two of the freshwater fish that I'm – interested in getting back into, and that's the Frontosia. Well, actually three now because of the Frontosia, Fancy Fleckos, and Discus. Yeah, you know what, Alex? I think you kind of burnt yourself out on the Discus, man. I would probably try the Africans, and then if you don't really like them, go back to your Discus, I mean, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a very good opinion. It's a very good point of view. So I probably will do the Frontosias and the Fancy Plecos. Yeah, I mean, you... You like you you really enjoyed them at first, and I think you really got bored with them pretty quick. Yeah, I kind of did. I I don't know what it was that that bored me about them, but I just got tired of them. Yeah, and you know the water changes on them is freaking crazy. So I mean, what are you doing? Take a shower. It probably was the maintenance on the tank. Yeah, probably. Yeah, there's so much freaking maintenance. And, and I don't think nothing about it just because it's so convenient for me to change water and uh, get in the aquarium. You know, I don't have a freaking huge aquarium. I'll be honest with you, I got it in a 46-gallon boat front. And I don't, I mean, there's really nothing in the aquarium, so there's plenty of room for all of them. Nice. Do you know of any places online where I can get a Frontosia? Because my fish store doesn't doesn't really have uh, that much fresh water anymore. They're almost all salt water now. My favorite place is Dave's Rare Aquarium Fish because he, I've dealt with him for a long time now. I've, he also let me go through his, uh, when we went on our, on our honeymoon, we were with to San Antonio, and I got to go through his whole shop, and he's legit from still on the floor, man. He's got more tanks I've ever seen in one place. And uh, he's got some really good stuff happening with Frontosa. And then, and then you, there's a few other places like the wet spot, stuff like that. It just depends on what size you're looking for, to be honest with you. And another big thing for me, you ever get on Aquagrid? Yes. They always have Frontosa on Aquagrid. You can get like two or three at a time for 50 bucks plus shipping. I mean... You're not going to get real cheap Frontosa unless you go to, like, an auction where they'll have seven or eight in a bag, fry, and you can get those for about 60 or $70, which is a really good deal, considering what you're going to pay in the store. That's very true. I'm looking for maybe four or five-inch ones, which are kind of hard to find around here. Four or five-inch? You're going to probably yeah. pay about 1000 bucks for four or five of them. That's not bad. 
I paid that for like six salt saltwater fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you looked on, on Craigslist and stuff? Yeah, there's there's actually a guy on uh, Craigslist that has a African cichlid tank for sale, and he's got a couple of uh, um, Frontosias, but he wants like two thousand dollars for the tank. Oh my God! Ask him what he wants for the Frontosa. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. All i got to do is buy a tank separate. Yeah. That's what I would do. Very I, true. I, I, I like to watch them grow, man. That's, that's my preference. But you, I know you like to get big fish and just kind of go with it. I, I totally get that. Yeah, sometimes I like to grow out, grow out stuff. That's what I'll probably do if I can't find any big ones. I'll just buy a couple of little ones to grow them out. Yeah, I mean, you can get large ones. You know, like at the wet spot and stuff like that. But, dude, you're going to pay 70 or 80 bucks for, like, a three, three-inch fish, man. Yeah, that's true. But at that age, they start, they start getting their hump, which is what I want. Oh, uh, okay. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, I love that hump. Yeah. My, my lovely, lovely hump. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Couldn't help it, man. Couldn't help it. Do you mind if we take a, a quick commercial break? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so we're going to go ahead and play some endorsers of the American Variety Network and the Aquatic Wetline. They make sure that we can air here on American Variety Network. It's going to be a short two-minute commercial, so don't go anywhere, folks. Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Picosinus, Micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Hikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles. And Biopure, the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Hikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful. School of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best of livestock from freshwater to saltwater and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish food, medications, and equipment such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts. And we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Closed Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, I-N-C, on Facebook for exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. Are you a serious tropical fish keeper? Do you currently keep discus cichlids, or are you looking to keep discus cichlids and need to find some quality discus? 
why not come to Discus Hans? Discus Hans proudly supplies plenty of American discus hobbyists with quality Stenker discus. The Stenker discus provide fish hobbyists the opportunity to race show quality discus because Stenker discus can adapt to tap water and even breed in tap water. Discus Hans has helped serve many discus fish lovers with his quality Stenker discus and you can experience the beauty of Stenker discus from Discus Hans. Discus Hans will ship quality discus cichlids right to your door. Check out Discus Hans at www.discushansusa.com. And to place your order for your very own Stenker Discus, check out discusfishstore.com. Hey guys, this is Donovan. I'd like to tell you a little bit about my show, Here for the Fix. I talk about how to become a fish keeper until now, talk everyday fish keeping, and about my favorite fish, African cichlids. So go check out my YouTube channel, Here for the Fins, all together, lowercase. And check out my Facebook, Here for the Fins. You are now tuned in to the one and only fish keeping podcast on Blog Talk Radio that started it all. The Aquatic Wetline has something for you. What is Alex going to discuss next? Let's get back to the show to find out. Now, back to Aqua Alex. Welcome back to the Aquatic Wetline here on American Variety Network. Tonight I have a wonderful special guest, my good friend Donovan Barger, and we're going to get back to our interesting and fun show tonight. So I know that you have a Facebook group called Freshwater Fish Maniacs. How's that doing so far, Donovan? Uh, It's doing all right. I haven't really messed around with the group much since I've been pretty busy. So, but I, I've been looking at it. It looks like it's been growing pretty good, though. Very nice. I know you have a lot of uh, members on there. I'm going to start getting active on it again so I can help your members. Yeah, they look pretty good, man. Don't don't forget, it's not only my group. You're the admin, too, man. Yeah, that's true. I kind of forgot about that, so I'll have to go on there right after our show and start making some posts. Yeah, man. Get up on there, dude. You're part of it, too, man. I appreciate that. So all of our listeners, go check out uh, our group called Freshwater Fish Maniacs on Facebook. What are some of your other favorite uh, Facebook fish groups? Uh, I want to start off with the one I hate the most. How about that? That sounds good. (laughs) Fish Junkies. Oh, I agree with you. I hate that group, too. It seems like a lot of fish keepers hate that group. They're they're on there only to start a bunch of crap with other people. They're not on there for help. They don't they don't help anybody out. They put everybody down. If you're a beginner, do not get on fish junkies. It's deceiving. They're not there to help you, they're there to hurt you, I promise you. But on the other good note <laughs> uh my favorite one is actually one that I started that is only for the Whitesboro area. And that is North Central Texas African Cichlids, Blackswell surrounding area. That's my favorite group out of all of them. And then 
my my probably my second favorite would be African sickle breeders because there's so much so much and so many people on there. It's like worldwide. That's very true. One of my personal well, favorite yeah. groups is actually uh, one my friend Jeremy suggested, and your friend Jeremy too is the Christian Aquarium Hobbyist. That's actually a very nice group. I love that group, man. They're they're nice. They're polite, and, and you know, the Christian, the word Christian, that is what's there. Nobody is there to hurt anybody. Everybody's there to help. I mean, there's a lot of prayer going on. It's pretty good stuff, man. Yeah, I, I never knew it until um, I looked it up. I'm actually a Christian because I'm Catholic. Cool, man. Yeah, I, I just I found it. I was looking at looking for Christian uh, web or groups, you know, and I come across that one, and I'm like, oh, let me check that out. And then uh, then I saw that Jeremy had joined in, and then I saw that you joined in, and then so did uh, oh my gosh, William T. He ended up joining in there. Yeah, he's synonymous with uh, being a Christian, a Christian fish keeper. I almost say Christmas fish keeper. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty close, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, he does yeah. have a couple of Christmas fish videos. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. He, does. he very well does. I think he played Rudolph or something like that. Yeah, he had that red... Red thing on his nose. I thought it looked like a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's got some pretty good Christian uh, videos on his YouTube channel, and uh, I think he shared something on there, and they didn't approve it. They, I guess they thought he was, um, what, what do you want to call it, promoting something or or something like that. And, and I don't think you're supposed to promote on that page. And so what I do is I just post videos and say, hey, just sharing. I'm not trying to promote my channel, but I'm trying to promote my fish keeping and what I've got going on. That's true. That's a very, very good point. So if you if you had to pick, what would be your favorite YouTube channels? My favorite YouTube channel. All right. Let me really – you know, okay – Let's be honest here. When I first started, I'm, I'm still a sucker for this channel, Tank Talk with John. <laughs> nice. I thought you were going to say me for a second. <laughs> Holy kidding. <laughs> now, I found you on Blog Talk Radio, man. Yeah, that's awesome. That's where I want I want all my fans to find me. Because I, I went... Uh, I went through, and, and you know, I, I heard something about he was making a podcast and, and Block Talk Radio. And so I went to Block Talk Radio while I listened to all of his episodes. And so I started searching for fish aquarium shows. And there was a few that came up, but uh, there, there was a few that came up. There was, like, two older men. And I know you've heard of them. I don't know what the name is called. But they were talking about all kinds of species of fish, saltwater, freshwater. But then I saw you, you came up, like, one episode came up because – you would put, I put Oscar or something on there, and then your your stuff showed up, and I started listening to your. You had a crap load of episodes, and I listened to every single one of them. Suckers. Yeah, you're a very loyal listener, and I I appreciate that. I also sound much more interesting than that other guy show. He sounds like he's he's what do you call that? Long winded, and he can't talk long. 
you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, I know. I think his name was Willie Forrest or something like that. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. His episodes were okay, but he he just couldn't keep me interested very long. Yeah, I'm, I'm not putting him down or anything. He actually was the responsible for a little bit for getting me into the fish keeping uh, podcast, and I'm actually glad that I started because now I'm like one of the most popular fish keeping shows here on Block Talk Radio. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure you are, Alex. If I'm not mistaken. I think so. I know. I know this coming August 28th, the Aquatic Wetline will be three years strong. That's awesome. That's something right there. Yeah, I I really enjoy doing these fish shows. Oh, yeah. Man, you know, I enjoy listening to them, and I'll be honest with you, when I'm doing a water change, you know, enjoying myself on a Sunday or whatever I'm doing, usually when I'm doing water changes, doing aquascaping and stuff like that, I'll turn your show on, man, open the windows up, turn the fan on, and just go at it, dude. It's usually a pretty good day. Awesome, that sounds great. I'm definitely going to be doing some more freshwater shows as well as my saltwater shows, so I can't wait to be back full in full circle swing. Man, that would be amazing. It's going to be great. I know I have a lot of uh, freshwater listeners too, so they're going to be excited. Yeah, I was kind of bummed. Like, don't get me wrong, but I was kind of bummed out whenever uh... – you did get your salt tank, because I know you're excited about it, so that's what you were talking about. But then I'm like, but well, what about the freshwater hobby? <laughs> I know you're not the first to say that. Jeremy Jeremy is like that, too. He actually was practically begging me to, to bring freshwater back, and I think it's a good idea. That way I, I have a fair share of audience. Right, right. I mean, don't get me wrong, man, but that's your specialty, dude. You, you can't give that up. That's true. Although I, I do have a, a couple of haters because they think that I'm some kind of an expert when I'm not trying to portray an expert. I'm just trying to portray someone that loves chatting fish. Right, right. You, you know, there's always going to be a hater out there. I've got people that email me and tell me that I'm wrong or I said the name wrong or whatever whatever I did wrong was wrong, and I'm like, okay, I apologize. Oh trying to make it better, and then there's some people that you just can't believe. Yeah, that's the truth, unfortunately. I try to please everybody, and hopefully I will, but we can't please everyone. No, you, you can't. And, you, you know, you do your best on your shows. I don't put anything out on on YouTube that I don't feel good about. If, if, there's, if, if I did a video and I'm like, oh, no, I don't know about that. If, if I did a video like that... I would not. I, I just don't put it on there. I, I end up leaving it on the computer or deleting it because I don't feel like it was good enough for my viewers or whatever it might be. So. That's true. Very, very true. So, do you see yourself ever returning to saltwater? Uh, may, you know, in the future when I get older and I can't support eleven aquariums, then maybe. Um, but as of right now, not for a long time. Cool. So you'll probably get one when you're a retiree, right? <laughs> yeah, right. When I have plenty of time to sit at one thing and take care of that aquarium, then yes. 
I can't wait to see you and Jeremy have a saltwater tank. That's my that's my next mission to try to get you guys to go saltwater too. <laughs> well, I did once, man, but I don't know. We'll, I'll think about it. Yeah, I know you, you got eleven other tanks to take care of, so just take care of those ones for now, and we'll we'll talk about that in the future. And, and you know, people might think that you know that's just crazy. How can, if you got eleven, what's one more? I mean, you got to really think about how much time you have to put in that aquarium. Yeah, actually, saltwater is a lot different than freshwater. You can't just fill your tank up and. Uh, Add fish right away. It takes a long time. You got to wait like a month and stuff, and it's a lot, of, a lot more money. People don't realize that saltwater is actually more, way more expensive than a freshwater tank. A freshwater tank would probably cost you, uh, depending on the size, five hundred to eight hundred dollars to set up everything. But a saltwater tank, even a little twenty-nine gallon, is going to cost you eight hundred to a thousand two hundred dollars to set up. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it, it's nuts. And I mean, there's a way to go about it and stuff, but to to get out of doing a lot of water changes, you've got to get a protein skimmer. And to have a protein skimmer, you kind of have to have a sump. To have a sump, you've got to have a little bigger of a tank, so that costs more. I mean, it just starts adding up, man. And and yeah, it would be cool to be able to have a saltwater aquarium, and have an RODI system where it just filled up when need be and it stops filling up because it has a float on it. And then you have a sump on the dang thing and then you do have this protein skimmer because you will be less likely to have to do as many water changes. You could, I, I bet you $500 you could go in three weeks tops. Three weeks you could go without a water change with an RODI system dripping in there and a protein skimmer. Very That's nice. That's true. And actually, a uh, protein skimmer is actually re- pretty re- required for uh, larger tanks. I actually plan on getting one for my big tank in the future. Yeah, you might want to, man. I think it helps you out a lot. Yeah. I'm going to try to find a hang on the back one. That way I can just use that and not have to get a sump. Oh, man, so I got one for you. So the other day, it says something like when a whale submits its sperm into the, into the female, it does so many gallons. I mean, I'm, we're saying gallons of sperm, okay? And so I calculated how many whales there are in the world, per se, just an estimate, how many gallons are in the ocean, per estimate, and I'll have to say there's more sperm in the water than there is water. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm swimming freaking whale spur, man. Oh, gross. I probably won't go in there again. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Did you know a whale's penis is called a dork? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next time you assault your enemy, you call him a dork because he's a whale's penis. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I'm gonna go into my wife later and hey, look at my door. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man. <laughs> Does your wife have a fish tank? Well, no. 
No, she just puts up with it. She loves me. Nice. She don't have she one yet, me. but she will. <laughs> no, she likes to look at the fish. She just don't want to take care of them. It's good that she supports it, though. A lot of other women are, don't really care about it. Right. You know, I give her a lot of props. Because there would be a lot of women that probably would have kicked me to the curb by now with all the money I've spent and all the things I've done and how many friends I've had in the last few years. And my wife has been, every decision I've made, she's been there and she said, that's fine. And then if I ever got in the situation, we sit down and talk about it. She goes, you know, it's an hour you feel about it. You know, if you want to get the aquarium or not, or if you want to get these fish, if you want to order these fish, she's always been there and supported me in the situation. Not saying that, okay, yeah, we're saying it. Fish, fish is pretty much all I do, and for her to support that means a lot to me. Uh, it, it, I tell you what, if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't have half the crowd from here. She, she's a pretty amazing woman, to be honest with you. That's awesome. I, I agree with you. Fish is practically one of the only things I do besides uh, YouTube and, and podcasting. I think uh, if I do any more fish, I'll become a fish. Yeah, those gentlemen that try to grow gills before it's over. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably become a dog-faced puffer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to become a, a Sinodopsis catfish for taller one. Nice. I have the appetite of a puffer. I'm always hungry. <laughs> yeah, me too, dude. I'm always eating all the time. And like tonight, we had uh, turkey burgers with... Uh, Sauteed mushrooms and provolone cheese, and then uh, baked. Uh, we took potatoes and like make French fries, you know, real potatoes in the oven. It's pretty good. Yeah, it sounds awesome. You're you're actually a wonderful cook as well. I love cooking. I can't. I just don't like to clean up the mess. Oh, I agree with you. I have my uh, my mom do my dishes when I cook for the family. <laughs> Uh, I wish there was a way I could do that for the fish hobby. Like, I'll I'll take care of the fish and have someone clean the tank for me, but I can't. Yeah, no joke. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, I wonder if uh, you can get on Craigslist and look for uh, tank cleaners anonymous or something. Yeah, they're they're probably out there. I know my friend um, Josh from Blue View Aquatic. I mean Blue View Aquatic. He does um, tank maintenance and stuff. Oh, that reminds me. If you also there's a place called Blue Grass Aquatics. It's pretty good. My friend posted from them. Oh yeah, I heard about them too when I when I was doing my my research on Frontosias. Yeah, they're pretty good company. They, uh. Uh, okay, that's all I know. <laughs> that's all I know. About. I love your, I love your big frontosia and your two hundred gallon tank. I see when you're, when you're doing uh, educational videos. Well, thank you. Yeah, I just, I try to have it behind me so so there's something going on behind me when I'm talking. But who wants who the hell wants to sit there and look at my face for twenty minutes? You know. Yeah, that's true. I forgot the name of the other African cichlid that I liked. It looked like a grouper. I forgot what it's called. It's like a, what, a grouper? 
Yeah, it looked like a, a looked like the freshwater version of a grouper. Huh. I think it's called calvis or something like that. Oh yeah, calvis and compressor steps. Yeah, those are those are really cool, man. I've actually yeah. got six. I've got six uh, fire fins. If you ever get a chance, look those up. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, I come to think of it, I think the African cichlids are what I might do because I can use my care of sea life rock in, in, the, in the aquarium. Yeah, you sure can. That's, that's, like that's what I'm probably going to do. I mean, if you have the front toes in there, though, uh, you might want to not put too much rock in there. Yeah, I'll probably just do, like, a school of frontosia and, and some calvus and sedantis and then the fancy plecos. I think you would love that. That would be amazing. I know. I've, I've always been fascinated with the frontosia. They're an absolutely gorgeous cichlid. Yeah, they really good mentality, too. I mean, they're pretty slow. They're slow at everything. They're slow at eating. They're slow at moving. They're slow. They're just slow, man. But they're, they're they're really cool, dude. They're 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 amazing. I like the gold calvis cichlid too. The gold head. Yeah. Yeah, those are really awesome. I really like those. It reminds me of a panther grouper. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think they only get about the size of your hand, and uh, some of them don't even get that big, to be honest with you. Oh, nice. There's one, there's one called a, a dwarf compressed steps, and it's a sambua, I think is what they call it, and it only gets two inches max. It's really cool. Nice. One cichlid that I've always liked as a kid is the chocolate cichlid. They're beautiful, too. You know, whenever I was listening to your podcast, or your yeah, your podcast, uh, you were talking about the chocolate cichlid. You had a whole episode on it, and uh, I was like, all right, well, I'll go check it out when I get home because I read meters and I listen to your shows. Well, I, I got to looking at them and I was like, man, these are really freaking cool, dude. I really thought they were neat. Thank you. Yeah, they're they're very, very, very nice fish. But I like the front toes just because of the blue color and the cichlid hump. Yeah, they're they're sweet. Also, if you like comps, man, uh, you got the dolphin cichlid as well. They're pure blue with a huge hump on their head, just like just like the frontosa, but they're blue. Oh, nice! Sounds like a gorgeous fish. Yeah, I, 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 that's actually uh, my favorite. My favorite African is the uh, blue dolphin. I've got. Seven of those. They're, they're about the size of your hand in my tank right now. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I've kept those for a long time. And the front toast I've kept for a long time. I went through so many Africans, trading them out, selling them, whatever. And kind of, I think I've finally come to a stop on what I've got going on because I'm really enjoying them. I've got the most rare. African Malawis that I could find, and I'm I'm working on Tanganyikans right now. I've got some feather fins that are really cool. Um, I've got some spikes. I've got the uh, fire fin compressive steps and stuff like that. So I, I, I'm getting there. I've got I've just got a list in my head that I'd really like to have. 
Awesome. So uh, I know over the last couple of months you've been working on your fish room. So what have you done with the fish room? Well, uh, uh, okay. So we'll kind of go with I've built the stands with two by fours. Everything's built with two by fours. And yes, I, I built it correctly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got for lighting, I've got shop lights. They're dual TA shop lights from uh, Home Depot. I think they were $20 a fixture. And I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them in here. And but you had to buy the bulbs separate, so that, that the bulbs is really what cost me a lot more. And then for filtration in here, I have a Coralife P65 air pump, it's a piston air pump, and I have let's let me count these real quick. I have twenty. Right now, I have 20 uh, sponge filters running in all these aquariums, and they it, it can run more than it can, I think. What the 65 means is it can run up to 65 sponge filters. Now, I've only got 20 on here, and I don't plan to expand this room anymore unless it's for fry, and that, that's just for future future situation. But the water changes. I have to go to each aquarium. I'm getting ready to fix that. I've got to go to each aquarium, and I've got a, a water hose running out the building, and it just goes into the street, and I just pump out each aquarium uh, about halfway, and then I have a water hose hooked up in here that I go from the house, which the, the water hose stays in the shop so the sun does not get to it and ruin the hose and then get all kinds of nastiness happening, you know, in the hose and killing the fish. So uh, I've got that to hook up and then I'll go around and fill each tank up. But usually what I do is I pull the water out of one tank and then I go to the next one to start pulling water out. And then when I just pull water out of it, I start filling up with water and dechlorinator. And so it's just kind of like a chain reaction, so it doesn't it doesn't take as long to get done. The 200 gallon it takes a lot longer because I pull about 100 gallons out of it every time. The 100 gallons takes a long time with one cycle. So, but. I mean, that's pretty much what I've got going on. Uh, I did all the electrical myself. I pulled all the wire. I uh, put in all the plugs. Uh, I've actually got a meter out here that actually meters this room so I can see how much electricity I use, and which is quite a bit if you consider all the heaters that are in here in each and every tank and all the lights. Which the lights themselves, I only turn on when I come out here. There's no reason to have them on because I'll have so much algae if I leave them on. There's enough sunlight that comes through the little window and enough light off these LEDs on the 200 gallon that they can see what's going on. And they still make, they still do do their thing. I mean, they still have everything going on. So, it, I mean, it, it's a win-win situation. It is a lot of work to keep up with these guys. But for me, a lot of work is really potentially, I guess, self-happiness, I guess you could say. Um, I wish I could say these fish had it easy, but in all actuality, they're stuck in aquariums. So, but yeah, and you know, I've come to find out the only food that I really like to feed my fish now is Northman Cichlid, Northman Cichlid formula. And Northman also makes, I'm not getting paid for this crap, Northman also makes stuff (laughs) for uh, discus and uh, 
larger fish like Martosa and I, I mean they make all kinds of stuff. I mean my Martosa eats the cichlid formula just fine, but everybody in this room eats the cichlid formula. And I don't I have not had a problem with bloat once with this stuff. Everybody eats it just fine, so yeah, but yeah, that's that's not it, Alex. That's, that's my fish room, man. Very good to hear. Your fish room looks amazing on your YouTube channel, by the way. And I personally recommend all of our listeners that are listening to this show. Thank you, by the way, for your listen. I recommend all of you to check out Here for the Fins on YouTube. And I, I definitely agree with you on uh, the 200-gallon taking a long time to do a water change. When I do a water change or maintenance on my 120-gallon saltwater tank, it takes me about two and a half hours because i got to clean out the filters, drain about 50% of the water, clean all the debris out of the rocks, stuff like that. So larger tanks do take a long time, but I actually enjoy doing water changes. I don't know what it is about it, but I enjoy it. Yeah, I do too, man. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like the fish are enjoying. Because if I accidentally have to miss a week on water changes, I feel so bad for the fish. I feel kind of depressed sometimes because I'm like, man, I really need to go to these large things when I'm really busy. And, and sometimes that makes me feel like, man, you know, I feel like I don't need fish because I just don't have time. But in the grand scheme of things, you have plenty of time to take care of your fish. If you feed them properly, the water's good. And, and you're right, man, the, the huge tanks, they take a lot of effort. But, dude, it really gives you some really awesome, uh, I guess you could say, Playtime, I guess you could say. In, in my <laughs> mind, it's playtime to me. So That's true. It's really, really great exercise, too. You burn a lot of calories doing water changes. Yeah. Well, I don't know, Alex. So do I just you... kind of sit back and watch the water drain and then sit back and watch it fill up. I mean, honestly. That's true. So do you have any questions you want to ask me? Yeah, man. So, what, how this tank you're gonna get for this freshwater plant? I'm uh, currently debating that I'm thinking 55 to 75 gallons, or maybe you, even a 90. I, my my opinion, if you're gonna have frontosa, you, I think you're gonna, you're gonna need a 75 gallon regardless. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go to 75. 75s are actually one of my favorite uh, tank sizes. Yeah, they're 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 small but they're big, you know. What, what kind of filtration you open on? Uh, probably the classic hang on the back. Um, I I actually like the hang on the back filters. Yeah, they push a lot of water, man. That's true. Although I may try canister if I never ever had a canister before. They're all right. They're they're a pain in the butt sometimes and. When you get a, when you gotta take them out to clean them, everything gets wet sometimes. You know, maybe that's just my error as a person, but I just think they're a big old freaking mess. To be honest with you. Yeah, I've heard that I, from a lot of people too. I think hang on the backs and sponge filters are the way to go. That's true, especially for a freshwater tank. Yeah. Regardless, I think that's the best way to go. Very true. What do you uh like with the saltwater man? Are you getting are you gonna go bigger or are you just gonna kinda keep adding fish or are you kind of just at a standstill with what you got? Uh right now I'm probably gonna say I'm gonna keep my my one twenty, but uh I I did have plans at least for the end of this year. 
or next year to get a 180-gallon, but we'll have to see how my financial situation is. Um, but right now I think I'm content with my 120-gallon uh, saltwater tank for, for now, and then I can focus on the freshwater tank, and then we'll see where I am at by this time next year. Right on, right on. Yeah, you can't always plan if you didn't got the financials, man. That's that's uh, it took me forever to get this fish room together. Yeah, that's true, but I'm I'm very fortunate to to be able to have a saltwater tank at 22 years old, and I think I'm really lucky. This is like a dream of mine coming true. Yeah, you don't you don't see many 22 year old saltwater aquariums. I know a lot of people tell me that they think I'm lying to them. They think I'm like 32 or or 42. And I want I want to go off on them because I take that as an insult. I don't look like I'm not that old. <laughs> no, you're not. You don't look old. You don't go old at all. <laughs> I know. I'm only joking. I take it as a, a compliment too because I'm very mature. Uh, yeah, there you go, man. I think you have matured in the last three years, to be honest with you. Thank you. I, I definitely agree with that statement. And, and you know, I mean, your fish keeping skills. I mean, they they went they went a long way since I've known you. You've you've really kicked butt, man. Thank you, man. I really really appreciate that. I'm certainly not the best fish keeper, but I definitely try my best to to make all my fish happy and healthy. And I really enjoy the fish keeping hobby. No, I know you do, man. And, you know, I've noticed that, you know, you've had some trouble in the past with people saying that you're the worst fish keeper ever and whatever you do, it sucks. I'll be honest with you, dude, whatever works for you is not going to work for the other person. I've learned that from a guy. I mean, he's a real good dude, and he's he's right about that. Whatever works for you is not going to work for the next guy. I mean, if they're going to, you know, you can't, I mean, for the most part, you can copy somebody, but it's not always going to work for you and where you where you're at in the hobby. And that's I think very true. People need to realize that. I know I've been I've been criticized over the last couple of years by some fish keepers because I like to get new fish a lot. But it's how I enjoy the hobby. We all don't enjoy the hobby the same way, and if we did, it'd be kind of boring. Right. Right. I mean, you got you got you got your way of doing water changes, and I got mine. You got your way of feeding food, and I got mine. You know. That's very true. I think of it this way: the more the new the more new fish I get, the more opportunities I get to educate people on them on this podcast. Yep. Yeah, and you you're doing an excellent job at it, man. And I can't wait till you're back in action. I know I know this is your first day back, but I can't wait till you're back in action. I'm, all, all on it, man. I, I think you give really good knowledgeable information, and regardless of what other people say, uh, I've been doing this even for a while, and I think nothing wrong with what you do. Thank you, man. I really, really appreciate that. I actually just ignore some of the some of the comments that I get now. Every now and then, I'll get one. I just say, oh, I'm not going to respond. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you definitely need not to respond. Because I can see sometimes they get under your skin pretty good and not right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, it gets me irritated, and then I end up saying some stuff that I regret eventually. Yeah, it happens all of a sudden, man. I mean, it's what it is. 
I can't wait to be able to come up and meet you sometime, man. It'd be kind of cool. Oh, I know. I can't wait to see you guys. You guys sound like uh, wonderful people. We'll have to take you to the New England Aquarium when you come up here. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. Dude. That'd, be, that'd be really cool. I, I, think, yeah, I think we'd have to do that. Huh? I couldn't hear you. Can you say that again? I said I think we'd have a blast. Oh, yeah. It sounds like we can go have a beer and a nice dinner, too, in Boston. Yeah, I've never been to Boston, ever. Nice. I think you'll love it. We've we've got a great. Uh, it has a great atmosphere and a lot of great restaurants. Man, you said <laughs> you said not too long ago. You know, you were like, man, there's nothing to do here at Butts or whatever. And I'm sitting here looking at pictures, and I'm like, what do you mean there's nothing to do there? It looks like there's everything to do there. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is. Just not really in Springfield. You have to go to. To Long Meadow and uh, in Boston. Boston's a place to be if you're a tourist. Right. I mean, Springfield's got the Basketball Hall of Fame, but I'm not into basketball. Yeah, me either. I don't even, I don't, I'm not into baseball. I'm not into football. I'm not into soccer. But I like my fish. Nice. Yeah, fish are awesome. There's not really much fish stuff in, in Springfield. I mean, we've got... One or two or three or four fish stores. That's it. The, do they not carry Africans? Uh, one does. The one that that is mainly turning into saltwater. They got a small freshwater section, and a majority of the freshwater section is Africans and tetras. Can you not ask them to order you in some frambosa? I could ask them. I'm sure they get them in, but they'd probably be an inch and a half. <laughs> Well, you gotta start somewhere, man. It'd be probably cheaper to do it like that. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Because we're talking financial stuff, man. You gotta really think about it. That might be the way to go. Yeah, that's that's definitely uh very true. I probably will do that, and they get to watch them grow too. Yeah, that'd be a blast. Plus, you you cannot get compressor steps or calvus that size without paying $100 and you know we just ordered from a guy named Anthony and he's got some really nice wild caught ones so here we go on the wild caught situation um, it wasn't like he had them imported they were already imported and I'm guessing he bought them um, but the situation he, he'll give you a male and a female for $80 wild caught and they're about 45 nice. inches yeah but nice. really cool I, I enjoy the heck out of it. This has been a, an awesome show so far. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, I mean, it's been a great show, dude. I mean, lots, lots to talk about, lots to catch up on. I mean, it's been a while. I know. We'll have to get you on again. I enjoy chatting fish with you. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm always around. I just try to catch the time when I can be on here. Nice. Maybe we'll have you on for a, a Frontosia and African Cichlid show. Yeah, we'll we'll have to do that one, man. You you really do. You got me antsy, man. You need to get you need to get on that. <laughs> Sounds great. So we're gonna go ahead and take our last commercial break, and when we come back, we're gonna wrap up this awesome show. So don't go anywhere, folks. Calling all Android and iPhone users. The American Variety Network now 
can download. On this app, you can listen to any of our over 300 episodes of the American Variety Network. You can watch American Variety Network YouTube videos and see the posts that are made on our Facebook page with the latest show news and more. To download the American Variety Network app, simply go to the Google Play Store or the Apple Store and search American Variety Network and click download. You are going to enjoy this app as you can listen to any of our podcasts on the go or watch our videos. Download our app, American Variety Network, and enjoy. Would you like to see my personal fish tank? Would you like to see my 120 gallon saltwater display aquarium? Then check out my YouTube channel called 2016 at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be a historic event for the American Variety Network. It's a milestone. Many people believe the host of American Variety Network, Alex Cardinelli, would never achieve. June 26th, American Variety Network celebrates its 350th episode, and you, the wonderful listeners, are invited to attend. Co-hosting this special celebration will be friend of Alex, supporter of American Variety Network, Jeremy Stellhorn. We're going to have some wonderful special guests, including someone who is an advocate for those with mental health, a country musician, and more. Plus, there'll be tropical fish chat, cooking chat, and more. So listeners of the American Variety Network, come celebrate our historic 350 this episode on Sunday, June 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, and 5 Pacific. Americans, can you believe that 4th of July is quickly approaching? What are you going to be doing on the 4th of July? Well, one thing you should be doing is tuning into the American Variety Network Independence Day Fest. That's right, Alice Cardinelli, Jeremy Stellhorn, and the American Variety Network are going to be hosting the second annual American Variety Network 4th of July Fest, where there will be food talk, there will be some fun American talk, and more. Celebrate 4th of July by tuning into the American Variety Network 4th of July Extravaganza, live on the 4th of July at 12 noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific. Before you have your Independence Day barbecues, join the American Variety Network. So the 350th episode and the 4th of July broadcast are going to be some interesting and fun exciting upcoming broadcast of the American Variety Network. And when I say interesting and fun, 
and exciting. I can definitely say that today's show was interesting, fun, and exciting, and I'm very, very glad that I was able to have my friend Donovan Barger on the show in our return from my brief hiatus. So I'm very glad we were able to do this show. Very, very fun. So, Donovan, do you have any closing remarks? Well, man, all I can say is please keep the fish highly happening, to be honest with you. Be, don't be cruel to the next guy. Very, very true. So we actually have a couple of uh, episodes of the Aquatic Wetline coming up. This Friday, live at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific. I'm going to be doing a lecture on saltwater, the whole hobby in saltwater. I'll be answering the rumors and myths that go with saltwater. One of the rumors and myths that I'm going to be talking about is, is saltwater really difficult and is saltwater really expensive? Plus, I'll tell you my biggest mistake that I made in the saltwater hobby so that future beginners and future saltwater keepers won't make the same mistake that I made. Also, I'll be talking about the best beginner saltwater fish and inverts. That th- that's this Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on American Variety Network. And this coming Monday, we have our second episode of Chat Tropical Fish. And my guest for this Monday is my friend as well as uh, Donovan's friend. And it's going to be another fan of the American Variety Network, Jeremy Stellhorn. He's going to tell us about his tank and what he did with it. And also we're going to talk about fish that he's interested in. Oscar cichlids and uh, chocolate severums and things of that nature. So that's going to be happening uh, this coming Monday. And then next Friday, after that Monday show, I'm going to be doing my lecture on freshwater, pretty much talking about the same things that I'm going to talk about this Friday for saltwater, but I'll be doing it for freshwater. And then that following week after that, I plan on doing the Frontosia and African Cichlid show with you, Donovan. That's exciting, man. I can't wait. I know. That's going to be an interesting show, and I know it's going to be very fun because you're one of my all-time favorite guests that I've had here on the Aquatic Wetline. Well, thanks, Alex. I appreciate that. I'm a blast when I'm on here. You're welcome. I want to thank you so much for accepting the opportunity and uh, invite to come out, come on here, and you did a great job. I really love this show. Thanks, man. I think the show went really well tonight. I think there's going to be a lot of great information for some people. Very, very true. I personally want to thank everybody who took the time to listen to the show. I hope you certainly had some entertainment and enjoyed the show. Please, folks, enjoy the fish-keeping hobby. Make sure to check out Freshwater Fish Maniacs on Facebook, a group that Donovan, I, and Romolius admin also check out donovan's youtube channel here for the fins with that being said i'd like to wish everyone a good night and thank you for tuning in donovan thank you for the great show uh thank you alex you have a great night man you too good night everyone thank you for listening to this episode of american variety network We really appreciate your listen. Feel free to download our app 
on the Google Play Store and the Apple Play Store. American Variety Network. Good night, everyone.